listening to Writers Off Topic, the podcast that takes a light-hearted dive into writing life, with your hosts Craig Hallam and Miranda Dickinson. In this episode, Overcoming Writer's Block, Swimming in Minefields, and Quickfire Author Questions. Well, hello and welcome to episode three of Writers Off Topic. I am Miranda Dickinson and my wonderful co-host is the amazing Mr. Craig Hallam. Hello, Craig Hallam. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Miranda Dickinson. I am fine. How are you? You didn't laugh the whole time I did that. I'm very impressed. I know. I'm getting good at it. I mean, we're in episode three now. I think I need to sort my life out. We record these podcasts on Zoom. I'm not looking at the screen when I do it because I know the moment I see if I said that, so I'll be corpsed for it. <laughs> That'll be it. How are you doing this week, sir? Oh, yeah. Just life, mostly. I'm still heavy in baby prep mode so there's been a lot of baby prep how is that going good good I, th- I think can you ever say you're ready for a baby to arrive really I think you can We're be ready as we can be <laughs> all I can do is give you my husband's advice which is my husband's advice that he learned very quickly after we became parents uh was that there is always a 24-hour Tesco and then will save your life <laughs> because the nappies that you've got will last about five minutes and you don't know what size they're going to be. Tell everybody what you've got for your little end. Oh, I, I have bought so many things. My favourite uh, baby grow is in Command Red <gasps> for uh, from Next Generation. Uh, uh, it just says the next generation with the, uh, the Star Trek arrow on it. It's beautiful. It and she will only wear that. You were going to um, have the coolest baby. Oh, she's going to be a massive geek. She really is. I've also got her a little bat swaddle bag and the <gasps> wings wrap around her. That's and, amazing. Uh, babies aside. <clears throat> Should we do a writing podcast? Let's try that for a change. Yeah. Listen, look at the title of the podcast. We're just on brand. That's Tell all you everything you need to know. Craig has the spreadsheet of destiny, which Aww. is... I know it's like a D&D game in podcast form and I there's the jeopardy because I don't always know what's on it so I'm quite excited so tell us this week what's on your spreadsheet of destiny I feel like we need to like spin a wheel you know like (laughs) so uh, this question is from James Porter hey James how's it going it's a very nice fella that I meet at uh, Scarborough Sci-Fi and his question goes a little something like this. <gasps> I don't know why I'm talking about it. Writer's block, especially when it's caused by the day job. What <laughs> tips do you have to tackle and overcome it? That's what I'm struggling with at the moment and in the last few months. That is such a good question. Did we talk about the panel that I did where the one of the other authors said yes. that writer's block wasn't a thing? In the last episode, I think. I think, I think that's in episode two. So if you haven't listened yeah. to that, pop back. Do go back and check out that story because uh, there are authors out there that try to tell you that writer's block doesn't exist. And, and it's bobbins. Yeah, they are full yeah. of poo-poo. So, <laughs> yes, James, uh, I think I think probably everybody gets writer's block. I know I certainly do. Yeah, me too. My way of getting through writer's block is basically to always have a couple of projects on the go. And that's kind of my first line of defence. So at the minute, I'm working on a relatively easy to write, fast, smooth kind of chill thing. Chill. It's horror, but it's chill. And uh, But then I'm writing kind of a, a more literary, I'm actually trying quite hard to make this one good, honest. Which uh, is amazing. Thing. Because mm. I get to read it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Big up Craig time. I, I get to read it and I love it. 
It's amazing. Scaring the staring, scaring the hats off me. That's good. It is. It's about to get even scarier as well. I'll tell you about that later. Anyway, um, so yeah, I have two things with two different modes, very different characters, very different plots, and so if I get jammed on one. I can skip over to the other one and free up my brain writing something else. And I sometimes throw in little bits of poetry in the middle. Like you know, like people do Sudoku yeah. to like free up their heads and relax. Poetry is that for me. Oh, cool. So that's how I do it. But then the second line is if that doesn't work, just switch everything off. I switch everything off. And I know this is uh, probably a cliche and everybody's heard it before. Get out the house. I go yeah. do some archery for a couple of hours you know, miss a target for a couple of hours. I get frustrated at that and realise I should be writing and then get back to it. But the walk usually usually sorts me out. I think getting out of your head is a good thing. Absolutely. You can overthink, can't you? Yeah. You have to remind yourself why you started because I think the trouble is, <laughs> you. well, you know, you sit there going, like, why did I ever think I could write this? <laughs> I, know, I know. That was why I chuckled because I, <laughs> I was thinking, why? Why? why do I do what this? What point did I think this was a good idea? You have to go back to the, when you had that initial idea and you went, yes, this is what I'm going to write. I would need to write that. Yeah. I always have more than one thing on the go. I have always, I've always had more than one job. And I think it's just the way my brain works. I don't think I would, if yeah. I've just got one thing to do, it's too much headspace. It's a bit too... It's a bit echo, echoey in my head and I can't yeah. focus. Having said that, I've now got to a situation where I've got like four things to do this week. So I wouldn't recommend it. But but like I my was crime. just about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't take me as an example, folks, because seriously, I get myself into the right pickles. Um, we are here to teach you what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> not what to do. We're never going to be the ones saying, I have found the formula <laughs> emerging from our lab. There will never be a writer's block again. Um, no, I always have something daft that I can write. Um, so my crime novels started off as that for me mm. because I wrote it over years and years and years and it was always the little thing that I'd go and kind of tinker with. And then I have, <clears throat> going to say this right, I have the Brumsom rom-com, uh, <laughs> which you'll never see the light of day, but it is a, it is a Birmingham set zombie romantic comedy uh, that takes place in Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery, which is such a cool place. But it's in the same building as the council offices. And it's basically that someone's put a hex on the council and the zombies come out of the... Uh, emerge from the graves at Birmingham Cathedral, which is just around the corner, if you've had Birmingham fans, if you've ever been. Uh, so they tootle off, but they get the wrong entrance and they're going through the Museum and Art Gallery. And there is a young curator there who's fallen asleep in the education room and wakes up to find uh, the whole gallery is besieged by zombies. Um, and so uh, portraits come to life and there's a there's a like a 14th century um, samurai. It's all different things that are there. Yeah. There's the bust of Albert Einstein's head that they get on the way, who's telling them things to do as they're doing it. And so they basically have to fight <laughs> off the zombies. <laughs> it's just the daftest idea ever. I mean, obviously, if somebody wants to, you know, if Netflix are interested. <laughs> you say that it's never going to see the light of day, but that sounds like something I would pay money to either read or go and see. It's so much fun. Like if the thing, do you know, I think the thing I would love to do is I would love to do like a nighttime theatre experience thing where that is what you do and you follow them through the art gallery, museum and art gallery to the different galleries and there's different battles and the different things. I would 
just love that. It got like this needs got a like Kickstarter. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it needs. We need to do a Kickstarter. If you we want need to, to do fund it. this indie film oh. and just go film it, you'd just be brilliant. It'd be really bad. <laughs> but like Paranormal Activity set in Birmingham in an art gallery with zombies. Absolutely. That sounds great. Let's do that. It makes me giggle. There isn't a deadline. It's never going to see the light of day. It's just fun. It takes me out of my head. Like you were saying with poetry, if I sat and wrote poetry, I just would get totally lost, which is the irony that I'm also a songwriter and I can write a song without thinking about it, but it's not poetry. I was going to say, you write songs all the time. It's really weird. I mean, yeah, I never said it was any good. No, your poetry's amazing. Your poetry's Um... really good. It is good. Nah, I'm one of your patrons, so I get it every month. I know it's really good. Don't argue with me. So you can't Craig see Callum. the face because it's a podcast, but the people who can see the video <laughs> patrons will see the faces I'm pulling. <laughs> Am I talking about your work again? Have I got you talking about your work oh, again? No. Every time. Oh, yeah, the other thing I do is I wash up. I've said this before, and people think I'm nuts, and it makes me sound like I'm like a proper moniker, and I'm really from friends. Sorry, <laughs> it's friends reference. Um, that I'm really tidy. I am not a tidy person. I don't find it easy to be a tidy person. But there is something about the ten minutes that you have your hands in warm water and you're doing something else that it just seems to free your brain up a little bit. Yeah, how weird is that? I don't know what it is. It's just that works for me. Something you mentioned as well, or you, you kind of you kind of touched on it. You flitted. Upon as I am wont to do, (laughs) (laughs) something about basically focusing too much on too many things at once, yeah. And sometimes for me, I am thinking less about what I'm typing and more about who I'm going to get it published with if I can get it published at all. Um, what's the cover gonna have to look like? How am I gonna market this damn thing? Is anybody gonna read this one? You know, is it gonna be absolutely pants and it's gonna go in file 13? And I've got all this (laughs) other stuff, file 13, all this other stuff that I've got going on in my head. Yeah. And I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. And that is why I hit these blocks. I think, where's where is this character going? What the hell am I doing? And it's usually because I was thinking. Hmm, marketing scheme for November 4032. Um, and I really shouldn't be. But that's yeah, because. Ahead of myself. Yeah. No, but that's because you're not just in charge of the writing department. You are in charge of marketing and promotion and yeah. promotion at events and all of that stuff. You have to be thinking of that stuff. Yeah. Because there's stuff that you that you publish yourself and there is stuff that you publish through Lovely Inspired Quill. See, for me, like I still have to do all my own. <laughs> I still have to do all my own marketing. Like, but when I'm writing the first draft, because it's so far away for me, it could, because I, I mean, the book that, that we've just released the cover and title for, which is All My Love, that's coming out in February. I wrote that 16 months ago. Yeah. And then because the the date of my last novel was changed, it was the, I was always a September, quite a September, October kind of author. And then they moved me to February for this year. So it was ready ages ago because I was trying to get ahead of myself. Ironically, I was trying to get ahead of myself. Ah, yes, I too do this. And yes. Feel. So when I'm writing a first draft, I don't think too much about it. I have a lot of sort of happy accidents, I think. That I just get when I'm writing, I'll go. <laughs> Wait, is that, that was is, is this a? Well, I'm getting old, you know. My blood is not what it was. 
Oh, mother's had a happy accident. Oh, Can you get had them a up? Happy accident. Oh, it's when you get to a certain age. This happens. <laughs> I've just murdered Craig with his bottle of water. Oh, Sorry. God. Serendipities. I get moments of serendipity where I just go, oh, that'd be really good. That'd be really good to have that. I can do something with that. I can have fun with that. And so that's like a bit like a game. When it gets to be really doughty for me is the first edicts. I hate it. I like writing it with no one telling me that it's not brilliant. <laughs> See that, yeah. I like it being messy. I like it being fun. And I used to work as a session singer and like I do a three hour session and I do a whole track with all the backing vocals and everything in that time you can guarantee that the very first take that I did is the one we ended up using even though we do 17 takes because it's fresher and yeah it's a bit dodgy and it's a bit tuning here and there and that kind of stuff but it's just it's just fun and you haven't gone I can't possibly hit that note why have I got that note rock part because you all the doubt has not set in so I think that's why I don't worry about it too much, but then I do write myself into corners. Going, oh, I think everybody does that. So unless you are a real planner. But I've spoken to planners who get totally, if if something happens and it's too early, yeah, they've written it because it's there and now it's caused a massive problem because there's now a backlog of other stuff. Uh, Deviating from the plan is the scary thing. Right. Whereas for me, I plan because I have to, because of time. Yeah. And to keep my poor very old brain on track <laughs> oh, i'll just forget what day it is what my name is when what you're year you're editing two completely different genres at once and then I'm, writing, I'm writing one and still writing the last two that came out as well yeah i mean that's a fair amount to be uh, to be going on with I think you're just yeah. so see i've found this i'm going to say since covid i don't know that covid caused it or if it's just life has caused yeah, it sure, yeah. Well, I can't be bothered. I said this too early before we started recording. You go, got so much to do. I'm going to sit here and have a cup of tea for an hour and think about it. And like, that is a block without being, or it's not a plot block. It's a, I can't get out of my seat. I can't make myself work block. Yeah. Yeah. There's different kinds of writer's block, isn't there? There's there's the, what am I doing with this character? Where am I going with it? One. But then there's the, I am exhausted and my brain hurts. Yeah. And life doesn't stop because you've got edits in fact if anything life just throws curveballs at you like a national funeral on a day when you really need your child to be at school yeah and that's meant with no disrespect because you know we're mourning and all of that stuff but when you've banked on that being a writing day and you have to do a certain number of words a day that means those words have to be done at night now and it throws everything off because the work you were going to do at night you now have to find somewhere else for it or just anything your child gets ill or you get ill or something goes wrong with your car or there's just uh just life just gets in the way or someone turns around and goes can you do this it has to be done right now and you have yeah. to drop everything else like I think we have to just give ourselves a break the biggest thing that I've learned about writer's block is to just not take myself so flipping seriously not to Absolutely. nobody else will Nobody Sorry, else. Well, this is the thing. I mean, like, I'm do. I'm published with major publishers, and they're brilliant, but they're not focusing on one book at a time because that's no. not their remit. That's not what they do. It would be lovely if they did, but they wouldn't make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, these are not those days, and those are not the people that will drop everything and do stuff for you. That's what they expect of you. But you see, I think this is something maybe we can talk about in in a future episode is about setting boundaries. And I think that's really important. Something I've I've only just learned after 13 years of writing. But I think it's about acknowledging that writer's block is real because it is. Acknowledging that it can be scary, terrifying, keep you awake at night, 
make you want to cry in corners, make you too scared to go in your office to write or wherever you write because you just you think that you're a failure. All of that stuff. It's all about confidence and it's all about just chivying yourself on and doing something that makes you feel good so that you feel like going back in. Yeah, it's finding the thing that works for you. Yeah. Because it can be different to to everybody else's. You might be the one unique person that needs to take apart two pieces of a custard cream. Yep. Put a jammy dodger in the middle, put it back together, eat it, and that breaks your writer's block. That's genius. Actually, that just that would that was a Craig Helm original. We now take a break as the podcast host. We go and scramble for some rush to the twenty four hour garage down the road to go and procure biscuits for the challenge. I think the the key thing is just find something that makes you giggle. Find something that stops it being this huge, massive wall. Thanks for the question, James. That's a brilliant question. Thank you so much. Um, I do hope that our waffling has helped. Yeah, fingers crossed. Please do let us know if you have other types of writer's block that you get if there's things that you know that uh, that fix it absolutely every time for you yeah because it might just be that one of your suggestions works for someone else as well so do drop it in the in the comments of the episode wherever you're listening hit us up on uh, on the social if you have your own biscuit mashup we're always up for that <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was an in the moment original as well, but now I kind of want to try it. That's amazing. I think we've got to do it now. Could work quite well. Anyway. Oh yeah, it's good. It's good. good Thank you very much for that question. That question was amazing. And do send your questions in. I think just talking to somebody else and not having to explain it, and hearing that someone else is going has has had the same things and what they've done, even if it's not an approach you're going to take, it's just heartwarming sometimes to know the people are going through. No, you would wish pain on anybody else, but that you're not on your own. You're not like the only writer on the planet who doesn't know yeah. what they're writing or can't be yeah. bothered to write or is just finding it all out facing. And let's face it, the last two years, if you managed to create anything in the last two years, that's a reason to celebrate. Yeah, that's, that's God-tier effort right there. Oh, my life. And I think because we're living through it, we don't see it. But again, it's that thing of looking back. I think when we look back and we see the seismic changes and things that have been happening in the last two years globally, but then also in our own lives and things that have changed and I think sometimes you need to look back and you need to go, actually, I got through that. You and know? I now have Mike and the Mechanics stuck in my head. So <laughs> Live it. Well, it's a little <laughs> bit like, here you go. Here's a random, here's a random story from the lady in the hat, right? Oh, there we go. Uh, did you know that I once swam in a minefield? Where do you get this stuff from? How does this stuff just happen to you? I ended I don't up. Understand. I just, I think I just go places and, and life goes, this will be a story. Hey, guess what? <laughs> I ended up in Bosnia and Herzegovina six months after the Dayton Peace Accord was signed. This is what happens if. <laughs> If you get involved with a very optimistic, but maybe slightly naive Christian organisation who thinks it would be a really good idea to go and play gigs for people after a war, who get invited in by a charity for the first half and do all the things that they need doing and then get given an onward list of events with places that don't exist. (laughs) Stranded with this list of places and we turn up at places and the places didn't exist because they just needed their stuff doing and then they went home and then we were sort of stuck so we ended up in a place called Bozanska Krupa which is not far from Mostar you have this gorgeous kind of like glacial lakes and beautiful wooded valleys and then you realize that every house you can see has gun holes in it and like ammunition holes and they've just been blasted and just it was 
completely crazy. We find ourselves there like, hi, we're British, like driving through places. And we ended up at this one place. such a British thing to do as well. We turned up in Sarajevo during a black alert at a US army base that we'd been given the address of and met them at the front gate. These guys that are like, you know, like just machine gunned up to the nines said hi with a band and they were like what band (laughs) we got rescued by an english army major who happened to have been visiting who took us to this top secret army base and we ended up playing a gig to get this we ended up playing a gig in the olympic stadium where torval and dean won their gold medal for doing the valero to a whole load of uh, us and and british soldiers totally mad how we got back out of there alive i have no idea we'd been sat on a coach for three weeks and it's very smelly right now normally that would be where a really insane story <laughs> ends but no you're not even done you've not even got up to the mind we went for a swim they said that we were saying a local ymca looked after us after we'd played uh camp Zetra, which was the, the stadium uh in this place called bosanska kruber and they said it's really hot because it was, you know, summertime, so it was really hot. And they said, um, we go and have a swim in the river. Do you want to come and have a swim in the river? And we were like, oh, yeah, because, like, you know, we have we, we, there's, there's 24 of us in a coach. We spent three weeks in a coach because we got lost for a week. And, like, just, yeah, we need, we need to, to have a wash. So we walk through the main town across this lovely kind of, like, park, go over the grass, head down to the riverbank, jumping in and out of the river, like washing our hair. It was just absolutely lovely. And we got back to the, the YMCA and they and the people said, we are so impressed with your bravery. And we were like, what? Just having a wash after three weeks, what's that? And they were like, well, you know that the grass that you walked in, that's got mines in it. <laughs> you know the bank, riverbank, that was mined all the way down. And when it rained last week, a lot of the mud from the side of the riverbank fell into the river. And so there's mines in the river. <laughs> what? So if you want to talk about the benefit of hindsight for telling you that you got through a dangerous situation, that's my get out of jail free card now. Because I just go, I swam in a minefield and I'm still here. So there you go. I just... <laughs> my crazy no, I thought I'd done some real stupid stuff. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> And how we didn't end up dead, I have no idea. Looking back, might not have made the same decision if I'd known what I was going through, but I got through it. There. I think looking back is a good thing. And just telling yourself, you got through it last time, you get through it again. We do have some uh, quick fire questions, similar to in previous episodes where we've had a cheeky, quirky question. Are you ready? Fingers on buzzers. (laughs) (laughs) And that instantly increases the tension. First question. Yeah. Miranda Dickinson. Yes. First draft or edits? First draft. Interesting. Edits present can get in the bing. Or past tense. Oh. I say present because I started writing in present tense. That's true. You have. Day writer or night writer? Night owl. But I'm yeah. having to write in the day as well, otherwise I won't get everything done. Absolutely. By the way, is night writer not a great follow-up to night rider? And I would 100 percent watch that. <sighs> yeah. What would Kit be? Kit would have to be the like pen. you. This little would it be a pen or would it be a laptop? Oh, possibly a laptop, actually. That I think sense. that's a bit rubbish, Miranda. Start again. Oh, no. Kit is <laughs> Don't to... Kit's out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out the window. Are you a plotter or a pantser? <gasps> no, in my heart, my pantser. 
but my brain I don't have the capacity all the time in my schedule to just let a story happen so I plot more than I used to but I leave a bit of room so things can surprise me and I know I, I kind of change it as I go along as well so I I'm a kind of a a flirty plotter I flirt with the plot <laughs> I plot but not I'm not like a religious plotter novel or short story well you see I like both because I get to write a short story tomorrow I'm writing a short story for my weekly oh yeah I'm writing a ghost crime story as MJ White for the lovely, lovely people at my weekly who are fantastic and let me write for them. I love short stories because I can create a little world and it doesn't take a long time to do it. And I generally don't get a lot of edits. <laughs> but then I'll always love novels because I, as you can tell, I'm completely incapable of answering a question with a single answer. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Bookshop or e-tailer? Bookshop every time. Ah, that, oh, that was a quick one. Straight. Oh, in yeah. Like Bookshop every time. I, I love that things are available online, but you can't be going to bookshop. No, you really can't. They're, they're my kryptonite. Like, I have to just go in. I fully believe that there is a, a vacuum, not like a Henry Hoover, but like there's a, <laughs> there's a vortex at the, at the entrance to every bookshop, and it's impossible to walk past without being sucked in. Mm, yeah, I think mm. a lot of people agree with that, actually. Yeah. Okay, so it's your own Craig Allen. Oh, my God. First draft of edits. Edits. Oh, <gasps> really? Yeah, oh. I know. I so um, with my first draft, I go through all those things that we talked about earlier with yep. the first draft grief and like the halfway point where you feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall. Yeah. Two chapters for the before the end where I feel like I've just wasted weeks of my life <laughs> and this is absolute dross. And then I, I hate it. I hate the emotional upheaval of yeah. the whole thing. But edits is where the crafting happens and I get to sit with a thing that is done and I get to fix all of the mistakes I've just made Ooh. and I love that bit That's uh, so good. yeah it's edits for me yeah so maybe I need to write the first draft and you can edit it <laughs> this is genius we are the, we are the perfect, the perfect author, writer yeah day writer or night owl I'm a day writer. Used to be a night owl, but that's because I used to work night shifts as a nurse. So yeah. I would write at like four in the morning when everybody was asleep. But now yeah. I'm, I'm a morning, like first thing in the morning person. First thing. Are you kind of like a, are you a creature of habit with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've, I've gone through phases of what the routine is, but there is always a routine. Yeah. Plutter or pantser? I am a pantser. I'm a pantser by soul. I try to plot. I've tried to plot the most recent two books I'm writing at the minute. Yeah. And while I'm enjoying the fact that I write everything down that I've got in my head and in kind of a loose way, um, I hate the fact that I know what's coming because my first draft is me finding out what happens next as well. Oh, telling yourself the story. That's what Terry really Patrick excited said. about finding out what happens next. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a pantser. Live it. Novel or short story? Or I should say novella with you as well, because you've written all of them, haven't you? I was just going to say, in between yeah. the two, I am, I am a bit of a novella hound. I started with short stories. I do like a short story. And novels are just... Well, I've, I've written more novels than anything else. But that yeah. bit in the middle, you can do things with a novella that you can't possibly... A premise that you can't possibly stretch to novel length. You can yeah. do really creative things with a novella 
that you could never do to a novel. You get more time to characterise and, and make things solid than you do in a short story. So I do love that. 50,000 words. I was going to say it's a perfect 50,000. About 45 to 55 for me. I've done 30,000 ones and I love that. 30,000 yeah, words. That's just nice. That's beautiful because there's just no, there's no room for everything to go horrifically wrong. <laughs> you can pretty much know where it's going. I can't possibly write loads of plot holes into this because there's so little... <laughs> Give everything really okay. And last question: bookshop or e-tailer? Absolutely, bookshop. Like you say, e-tailers are great for people who you know can't find books anywhere else and, yeah. and things like that. Um, and don't get me wrong, I do love like Audible and things like that. I'm really, really into my Audible at the minute and loving listening to books. There's a completely different way of experiencing them. But yeah, if I get near a second-hand bookshop, oh. God, just the smell. Yeah. The lady behind the desk who goes, hey, oh, love, as you come in. It's what you like. And you go, thanks, as you leave. And she goes, have a nice day. Oh, I love it. Oh, it was great. And I love sniffing them and getting all that book fungus. Book fungus. Yeah. Yeah. It is a fungus, isn't it? The book smell, apparently. Uh, Apparently. Yeah. Although, although, now this is really sad. I'm going to just admit to it anyway. um, There were two major book printers in the UK uh, there's Clay's and there's CPI group Clay's are in Bungie and Suffolk which is the reason that Cora exists because I was going to see my book being printed there and I was staying in Lowestoft when I got the idea for her. Oh. Uh, okay, see. And then there's lovely people at CPI Group. I've been to both. I've been very lucky and seen my book printed twice, which is lovely. So when Apostle Friend of Brown came out, I went to the one. And this is just it's the other side of the Dartford Tunnel. So you arrive like, because oh, you've just come through like Kent traffic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's in Kent and they're lovely. Um, but I can tell the difference between the smell of the ink and paper from Clay's and the smell of the ink and paper from oh, CPI group that is next level skill and I didn't realize I didn't realize that I could do it apart from the fact that I'd get a new book and I'd take it and there's some books you just sniff and you go oh that's like that's vintage that's good sniffing stuff, yeah. that's the good stuff and it was always <laughs> vintage sniffage <laughs> and it was yeah. week, folks, check out your vintage check out t-shirts. yeah vintage sniffing um yeah, that's that's Clay's, which is actually an older company. Although they use all the like the the, the high tech stuff, but they've not been they've been around for a lot longer than CPI Group, who are brilliant and it's very kind of space age and amazing. And the, I got I got chatting to the production manager because I love talking to people who are passionate about stuff. It doesn't matter what they're passionate about. It's probably not something that I'm ever really going to be that passionate about, but I love talking to people who are. And so quite early on, I got excited about about the glue pellets. Not that sounds really bad, like I was nicking them for recreational purposes. I wasn't. He was just like, We have this kind of glue. And I was like, Oh, because they just look like, you know, use the little bee juice to get in bean bags yeah, yeah. like that. I was like, Oh, is that the glue? Yeah. It's like, it's a particular type of glue. And I was like, Tell me more. And so, literally, we started off with him going, Well, here we are, Mr. Dickinson, and we're doing this, so we're doing that. Within five minutes, he was skipping around. And he was like, Do you want to see where we do the hardbacks? I'm like, yes, come on. And we, we were like, Cam- this, totally this kamikaze. Like the next Fifty Shades. This is this is some serious yeah. innuendo age going around here. I got excited wanna, about this. Sh- where we do the hardbacks. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. No. 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 But he was because he got excited about his machine. He's like, oh. like there is a machine. Get this right. When you've got a hard, because I don't have hardback 
books um apart from occasionally large print ones which are whoa very it's like that's a trippy experience um but i've never i've never yet had a hardback copy of my book which is with that's a big ambition i'd love that but you know the the slip cover that goes over the top there is a machine that folds the edges that go over the book oh I bet no one know so satisfying. i was like can i just stand here and watch this because this is so cool but because because I got excited about one part of the process that most people just go, oh, right, that's fine. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. He t- so they show people around all the time. Now, it's a totally slick. So you walk through the door. As you walk through the door, your book suddenly starts appearing on, on the conveyor belt, which is like an uh, absolute magic moment. But you know they do it for everybody and they like and he's and that's normally the only thing people are interested in. i was I, like he was telling me about the big rolls of paper <laughs> all the different collating machines why and wouldn't you want to know about that stuff that's i was like this is so cool it's a book factory i'm in a book fa-. and then they're like that's your book i'm like oh yeah well tell me about the machine that folds no, the flaps this do? i need the flap folder that's uh we're getting back into shift shows again aren't we but anyway <laughs> Rick Hallam has just fallen off his chair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see where we fold the flaps? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 that's good. No, but, it, but yeah, so it was, only, it was only after I'd been to this place that I realised that when certain books arrived, I'd look and they'd be from Clay's and they had the best book smell. That is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I, I love stuff like that. And I had a guy um, show me how the big old, you know, the big old eagle presses used to work, like the proper... You know that, I'd um, love to see that. And it turns out they have like five or six truly ancient presses in one of the upstairs. I don't even know how they got them in there, because these things are... They weigh a ton, don't they? Yeah, I just walked in one day. I was like, why do we have those? Yeah. Like, oh well, you know, we occasionally use them for for students who are doing artwork. Blah blah blah. I was like, so do you know how to use all these? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I learn how to use all Can these? I see. And, and that was it. That was the line. And he was like, oh yes. And he, I swear to God, he handed me an apron and went, no. how long have you got? And I went, oh. what is it is going to take? Always and, talk and to passionate people. The, press and the smaller ones and the roller ones and oh, that was it. I, I love was, it. I was I think if you're endlessly curious, that's where the fun comes for me. That bit where people say, you know, oh, have you seen me? Like, let me show you how this works. Not something, like if someone had said, you're going to get really excited about the printing process, I'd be like, I might do when I see my book. Yeah, yeah. But the very fact, the change in this guy was just beautiful because he went from... Oh, there's another author I've got to show around and so I'm going to do the spiel yeah. and you know you're there and your jacket you like yellow jacket of power that they give you yeah yeah and your earphones you don't need because you can't hear anything I was like, what yeah. this is where we do the books what so he, you know you could see he was just used to do the spiel saying how many books come in how much paper they use how many books they print an hour and all of that stuff because those are the kind of things that people are asking but then I got excited about one part of the process. And then he was just like, do you want to see this? Should we go and see this machine? Oh, but that, that machine is so cool. Love it. Find passionate people. I think that's really good as well. If you can, you know, we were looping back to writer's block. With writer's block, the part, the part of the reason that talking to somebody else helps really frankly about anything mm-hmm. is just to talk to someone to remind yourself that you can get excited about stuff. Because I think you get so, both of my grand would say, poor faced. You're at poor faced. Yeah, am I the only person who cares about this? I'm sat here on my own in this room. No one's going to read it. Else, nobody <laughs> reads it. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody yeah. likes it anyway. I'm just sat here on my own 
what am I doing? You just go for a cuppa with another writer buddy and all of a sudden you're both like a couple of Furbies just sharing, yeah, chilling away and you realise that, yeah, this is, this is totally worth it. This is what I should be doing. I think look for the joy. I talk about joy a lot and, and it sounds really glib. Like, oh, look for the joy people. I feel like I should have those, you know, the little finger symbols that they have. A ting. <laughs> Look for the joy, everybody. No, really like, look, really search for it, check under your pillow. Where were you when you had it last? I think that's quite a good thing, actually. Where were you when you last felt happy, when you last felt a bit of joy? Find something that reminds you of it. Um, oh find something that, that reminds you of a laugh, when you laugh so much that you fell off your chair. Like, it, or just remind, the last time you had a conversation, yeah. Just about five minutes ago. <laughs> Wait, yeah, the last time that you you had a conversation with somebody and you thought, oh, do you know that's that would be a great idea for a story, yeah. or or they got a great idea for a story and you felt really excited for them. Like, yeah. I just think joy is your weapon when you're a writer. And I know we're daft, and I know we laugh, <laughs> but both of us have had pretty rubbish weeks. And actually, just having a chat, which is pretty much what this podcast is. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel so much better yeah, <laughs> being the natter. I, I always do. Yeah. Weird, I think having that moment, because it takes you out of yourself. And also because somebody else will just go, oh, what's your problem? And you'll go, actually, do you know what? I actually don't have one. It's not as big as I thought it was. Because it gives you that perspective. We almost sound like we had like a plan there, don't we? I know there'll be a lot of stuff that'll be cut out this episode. <laughs> Oh god, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, it all it did almost sound like we had a plan for that. Almost um, we looped back. This is pantsing, this is but pantsing with kind of pantsing with intention. Yeah, yeah, pantsing with intent. Although <laughs> pantsing with intent sounds oh sounds no like we possibly get arrested for that. We should yeah. do that. Okay, no, let's not do that. That's another t-shirt, pantsing with intent. <laughs> t-shirt. We've, right, when you edit this back. Yeah. Need to write down all the t-shirt ideas with, with intent. And we'll ask people in the Biscuit next one which quotes from episode three they want on a shirt. You can always ask us a question, however serious or daft you want to make it, because we have fun with both, you'll notice. <laughs> Nothing's too serious for us to have a giggle about. Um, you can always contact us. Uh, we are on the socials. Uh, Craig is Craig Hallam 84 uh, which is the number of times I've made him fall off his chair laughing during this episode. <laughs> and I am Wordsmith. Um, we're, you can always get hold of us on there. We're also on email, writersofftopic at gmail.com. I'm so proud of that one. I was, no, I was really chuffed when I found out that it was like no one had chosen it. Randomly, no one had chosen it. It's like, yes, that's my little win for the day. And then obviously, if you if you support us on Patreon, you can always send us a message on that if you're a patron on Patreon every time. Every time. Get in contact with us. Let us know what you'd like to see in the show. Ask us anything. Consider us your crazy friends that talk you out of a bad mood. We will be back very soon with another episode of this craziness. Please do join us for that. Let us know what you think of other shows. If you've enjoyed us, leave us a little review somewhere. If you don't enjoy us, maybe just don't bother. Uh, people already know we're mad. They don't need any confirmation. <laughs> they don't need any more help. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for joining us in this Laugh a Minute episode. Of writers of topic, aka what pod? We will see you soon for another episode, won't we, Craig? Oh yes, whether you like it or not, yeah. we will. <laughs> Thanks very much for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Writers of Topic with Craig Hallam and Miranda Dickinson, a Coffee and Roses production, 2022.
support the show at patreon.com forward slash writers off topic.